Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Happy, happy Sunday. Hey, um, while you're here, don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to like. Well, thumbs up. I don't, I think you can only like if you, you but, but, but like it because that really helps us and follow us because that really helps us and turn on those notifications. I've learned all that from listening to my son's. watching YouTube videos. Um, here I come turning into Wolverine. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with my facial hair. I'm just doing something with my facial hair. All right. Um, where to start this morning? Um, we're going to take a break from Galatians. And there's a reason behind that. Um, one of the main reasons is... Um, my father has fallen ill and is very sick. And so I wasn't even sure if I was going to be in town today or not. Um, but I talked to him yesterday and his spirits are high, but he's not been doing very well. And if you pray, he could use your prayers. If you're a vibe sender, he could use your vibes. Um, so he's been not feeling well. Um, He's just really not doing good. And I, I honestly, I don't know what else I can say. I, you know, he, he had a stroke a few years ago, and then he's had a few more mini strokes. And he is just, uh, he's doing his best to recover, but um, he's at home resting. But, yeah, so it's, uh, I'll keep you updated. But, yeah, he's been really, really, really ill. Um, so, uh, this week has been just kind of going back and forth with folks and, and figuring out if it would be possible for me to get down there and, and, uh, just some different things like that. So family stuff, as you all can imagine, it has been a bit overwhelming. Um, also regular dad stuff. So, um, my kids school did a, did a play. My kids aren't in the play, but <laughs> They'll probably be in the play next year, but they did Willy Wonka. And I've never seen Willy Wonka done as a play, especially with children. So it was really cute to watch and see. Um, I spent yesterday, my, 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 my ex-wife took, uh, took Milo, his mom took him to go do some stuff yesterday. And so I got to spend some time with my daughter yesterday. And we went to Claire's Boutique. <laughs> That's what she wanted. She's like, I thought Claire's was some place that girls, some girl's house where people got her nails done. And all my friends have talked, can we go there? So we went to Claire's and that was really cute and it was really helpful. And it was really nice to just get my mind off of what was going on with my folks, with my dad and, 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 and that whole thing. Um, I mean, my dad's 84, so it's a scary, it can be very scary, but it was nice to have that time. And went and got our cupcake, and then she wanted to go to McDonald's, and so we just had a fun day. 
we, me and me and Minnie. And then last night I got to talk to my dad for a few minutes, and um, he got to talk to my daughter. And as you guys know, we, we haven't you know been way connected, so it was nice. It was nice. And um, my stepbrother or brother, I don't know how you say, it, he, uh, but half brother, <laughs> Ricky, uh, has been really helpful with. Uh, keeping the communication going between me and my dad and, and what's going on over there. So um, I'll, I'll definitely keep everybody posted. But one of the reasons we're not doing Galatians today is because I'm trying to put so much time into that book and it really requires everything I have um, to study that book and to go in the depth, the deep dive that we're doing in it is just, it's a lot. So I just had to take a break uh, this week from Galatians because I really want this to be the best Galatians study ever. No, but, but I, I want to keep it, keep it real. And so that's what we're going to do. Um, but because I, last night, my little girl, I think I gave her too many sweets and she woke up with a stomach ache, so we had to take a she had to take a bath at two o'clock in the morning and to carry her into the bathroom. It was it was really I was just like, oh, what's going on? Um, and uh, then I couldn't sleep last night. Um, but I'd already been thinking about this talk, and it, it's a really strange talk because it's on a couple verses that I have never really liked. Um, because I feel like they've been so misused and um, by Christians in the church and by so many things. And really, I, I have a desire for reform in the church. And I mean, like, complete reform, like, complete change. It becomes something completely different. Um, but it was really strange. Is, is also this morning I was on Instagram, and my friend Angel from Puerto Rico sent me uh, a clip from this this uh, documentary called Why Does the Devil Have All the Good Music? And I was on it, and it must have been probably 2000, 2001, maybe 2002 latest. And um, I was young and very fiery preacher back then. Um, you know, and you'd go to those things, and it's like 100 degrees outside. It was at Cornerstone Music Festival. It's like 100 degrees, and it's an old pig farm, so it smells like poop. And... You've got every type of Christian imaginable, and and I was, I, and if anything was, I was going like, I was like, well, I'm like, I'm a little more fiery, but everything I'm saying is still true, is how people often feel about the church. Um, I think with my growth and maturity is what I've realized is that sometimes those of us who are critiques and critique the church have to also take responsibility and not be um, scapegoats, you know, not scapegoat it. And, and ooh, it's all their fault, you know, it's like, it's all their fault that I went there every day for this many years and got involved and donated, you know, it's like, come on, folks. So, um, but yeah, but it was still one of those things where I was still trying to get the church to be a better place. And, um, and yeah, it's funny. It was just wild to see. So it was just to reflect on that today. I've seen that. And then what we're going to talk about today. So two of the verses that we're going to talk about. Um, let's see. I think we're going to start in Corinthians. And um, this was one that actually kind of gave me hope as a, a child, but also kind of confused me. Um, but 
let's look at it. Um, it's in First Corinthians three. I mean, sorry, First Corinthians one, and it is twenty-seven. And it says, uh, "But God chose what is foolish to the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong." God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not to reduce to nothing, things that are so, uh, uh, to reduce to nothing things that are, this is, sorry, sometimes the, NRA, the, NRS, the NRSV is a bit wordy, reduces to nothing, things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. So God uses what the world considers foolish or what the world considers weak. Forgive me, I have dyslexia and, and um, I've been up all night. Um, but I took a shower, so yay. Yay me. Um, but God, God uses, you know, but God chooses what is foolish to the world to shame the wise. And I think things like this often get abused, you know, um, or often have been abused to use to to allow ignorance in the church to be like, I just, I'm just, I just believe the Bible. I remember, um, Tony Campolo used to be like, I just, I believe it from front to cover. I even believe the leather's genuine, you know? And, uh, and I think some people just go like, well, you know, I've not studied, but that, you know, but the Lord and the spirit speak through me and they, we've kind of embraced this idea of ignorance and, you know, well, God uses what the world considers foolish. So I don't need this. And, and what I've learned over my years of, of self-teaching, of being autodidact, teaching myself basically over the years and, and working with other people, is that education does matter. So this is not a verse that's saying, like, well, we'll just be dumb. Or, you know, there used to be these um, preachers who would have, you know, sometimes these early days preachers would have someone read verses and they would be like, come up here and read and then get the person to read them. And the Lord said, and they go, all right, stop. Now the Lord said, you know, and then the, read on, read on. They called them read on preachers. And, um, but what I found out recently is that a lot of these pastors could not read. So a lot of these pastors were having people read the Bible for them because they couldn't even read the Bible. And, um, so there's always been kind of this like, well, I just trust in the Lord. I just trust. And that's my faith is strong. And, but the problem with that is we've got a lot of bad theology. We've got a lot of uh, very simple theology. And, and we have, uh, sometimes we have things where people aren't able to understand uh, cultural differences um, in Greek and Hebrew. And then they go, oh, I only read this version. And well, I only read this version. And, and what I, I realize is, is there's so much to studying the Bible that it requires us to have, you know, to have a little bit of knowledge of Greek, to have a lot of little knowledge of Hebrew, to ha you know, as mu much as you can. But uh, I mean, I have just enough to be dangerous, I guess, um, to understand the, the Bible historically, to understand the context within it's written, to whom it's written, um, the scholarship which I think we've seen with the Galatians study is like it's really powerful how much really good scholarship changes things and allows us to see exactly what was going on. I mean, to see that Paul was dealing with a type of nationalism in Galatians and he was saying like, no, it's not, that's, we can't go this way. I mean, it really speaks to where we're at in this world today. And 
so I don't think this is what this is one of those things that's ignorant is what I think he is ignorance is bliss and we should just be dumb and not study and just take take it for face value. Um, and I think it's the, I mean, the answer is here in, in the way it says, uh, you know, choose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. And I think when you think of people like Dr. King uh, or people even like with Christ or the disciples who all were led to their deaths um, and martyred um, or Dr. King who, who in the principles of nonviolence or things like this, you know, loving your enemy, uh, the whole concept of grace, you know, the whole concept of, 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 you know, everyone's accepted, no one's out, you know, you are accepted, you know, that whole Paul Tillich, not if you know more, not if you know less, you're just accepted by that which is greater than yourself. You are accepted. That concept uh, will seem awfully weak to the world. Um, not going to war seems weak to the world. Not striking back, not sending missiles to kill people because they killed a few of your people, not eye for an eye. You know, Gandhi said, lives the, leaves the whole world blind. But, you know, not living an eye to an eye, not getting revenge, not seeking revenge, not seeking payback, not seeking uh, slander, not seeking justice, not uh, canceling people. Um, so, so that seems unwise. And, and you can see how the church itself even has taken the stand where the church creates its own culture and its own way to control and it doesn't show a lot of grace, and it starts creating a new law that says, oh, well, we don't do this, and we vote this way, and we think this way, and, we, and all of a sudden we start depending on, you know, well, our politics, and we'll change policies, and we'll make them our, you know, our, our, our own uh, convictions into the law and things like that. And that's not, that's not the, that's not the weak way. That's not the, the lesser way. You know, that's saying, I've got to be near power. I've got to be near money. I've got to have all these things. And so the church falls into it just like any other group of people when we get together. There's more power, more this, more that. And what he's saying is, is I think what's, what, what Paul's saying here is what's going to confound the wise is when we love each other. You know, what's going to confound the wise is when we don't destroy the person, when we're able to and we don't. You know, when we hold our tongue, when we forgive those who don't deserve to be forgiven. You know, this is the type of thing that seems foolish to the world. Um, you know, I've heard people say, well, you just think someone on death row can just say a prayer and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't even think they have to say the prayer. You know, that's how foolish I am. Um, you know, and I feel it a lot. You know, I feel it a lot in different circles I, I go in. You know, a lot of my friends who, who were, you know, who I met through the church and through revolution and things who don't follow Christianity anymore. And sometimes, you know, I kind of seem like, you know, or see how they react to certain things. And, you know, part of me wants to reach out to them and be like, man, you gotta, gotta give more grace. You know, you gotta d disagree a little bit better than that, you know, a little more compassion. Um, and sometimes I do, but not as often as I probably should. But it's, you know, and it's probably because I'm like, I don't want to seem like the, you know, the foolish Christian or, oh, you know, you've got to love your enemy. But that's, that's what we're saying, you know, and where does that get you? Well, it usually gets you killed. It usually gets you, you know, uh, let's see, is, you know, Dr. King, you know, it usually gets you assassinated. It gets you hurt. It, you know, people used to say to Dr. King, well, what do we do when, when they're beating us? Uh, how do we, how do we, you know, what kind of defense mechanisms, do, you know, what kind of, do we, you know, 
wax wax on wax off you know and <laughs> paint the fence but uh, dr king said no you look them in the eyes so they see your humanity and so that seems foolish to a lot of folks so i think that's what you know one of the things that Paul's saying here is that, you know, what the world considers foolish or strong. And also, I know that Paul often felt insecure about his public speaking and things like that, but he was still used. He probably didn't feel like he was the greatest leader. And you can see him kind of uh, fight with himself. Like, you know, sometimes he's really prideful and strong, and then the next minute he's like the worst of all people, you know. And... Uh, so you see, he's saying, like, I, I'm, you know, if God can use me this way. So I, I, I think that's, that's worth looking at. And then it says there's no, you know, and then there's no presence to boast. You know, you're not boasting about anything. But you really could boast about taking nonviolence and doing things like that as well. But he's saying, no, that's what we're called to do is this is the life that we're called to leave, to live. And so it's not destroying people. It's not tearing people apart. Um, and these are things you'll be despised for. And I've realized that when you love your enemies, that's one thing. Um, but when you love your friends' enemies or the people that you're around's enemies, then you can be at a loss. Then you all of a sudden become the enemy. You become the fool. And how dare you? And have you betrayed me? And, you know, how can you show them grace when A, B, and C? You know, there's always these these asterisks that we want to have next to grace, these always ifs, ands, and buts, you know, well, if he did it, oh, if he said the prayer like this, oh, if the, you know, and it's like, no, it's just not, that's not how it works. If it's really radical, if it's really, if, if God is really the ground of being and everything within being comes from that, then, you know, we shouldn't be hiding out in these little places, you know, and, 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 and doing these little, I mean, we have our culture over here, you know, we don't interact with other people. Um, we go out, we live, we live our life, we live our life well, and we're foolish around others. We foolishly love, we foolishly give grace. Um, and that's a hard thing to do. And I know it because, I, I mean, I've had a lot of you kick back on me when, when we, especially when we get to there's no male, nor female, nor Jew, nor Gentile, slave or free, and that there's no identity except in Christ. And people are like, what about, you know, just start really struggling with it, you know, or loving your enemy. Well, I've really been hurt. It's not something that happens overnight. Um, you almost have to uh, unlearn <laughs> the wisdom of the world in some way. And when I say that, I don't mean it like, I mean that, that, that wisdom to destroy, that wisdom to, to survive, that wisdom to fight back. Um, that, you know, the wisdom that says, well, you gotta survive. You gotta keep a record of when wrong. You can't trust these people. You can't loan to these people. You can't help these people. You, you know, they're gonna take advantage of you. Like, when I worked in, in, in Safe House Outreach in Atlanta, you know, and you, we worked with the homeless, if, if we stopped working with every homeless person that took advantage of us, we would have not been there. And, and not that they were bad or anything, it was just they're trying to survive as well. You know? And so you have to look within the context of a person's life and how you can help them. Um, through this, you know, I, I, I've got a friend of mine who, who I've had a couple of you have reached out and been like, hey, do you need a plane ticket? Do you need things like this? What can we do to help you? Um, you know, it's like, it doesn't make sense. So, um, 
so let's look over at uh, this is another one that always bothered me, and, and I really wanted to hit on this one. I, I think this one is uh, a big one um, that I grew up with hearing a lot of, and I'm probably going to go on a little bit of a rant um, with this. We're taking a break from Galatians, by the way, if you're all wondering, why is he jumping around? Um, my dad's been sick, and I just haven't been able to give it the attention uh, to the study that I really want to give 100% to that study. So if you're just joining us. <laughs> um, here's a, another verse that really... I think unconsciously, even somewhat consciously, but like in the back of my mind, uh, I've always resented a little bit. And, um, and I think there's good reason for that. And some of you may understand and resent this a little bit as well. But it's uh, in Romans 12, uh, 2. It says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. No pressure, just just perfect. Um, uh, it, 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 that also can be just, or what is good and acceptable, and the, or the will of God. Uh, other translations. So, 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 so uh, I'm quoting Galatians. Oh my gosh, I can't get I can't get away from Galatians. It keeps pulling me back in. It's like the mob. Um, but this verse, this verse that I just read to you, uh, Romans 12, 2 has always bothered me. And let me, and I want to show you why, because I think the outcome of a verse like this in the hands of, of, uh, just traditional Christianity that I, I think anything that happened after Constantine in the past 1500 years, um, has always driven me driven me crazy. Um, uh, yes, I, I'm, I'm, I'm got the Bible right here. I'm reading it right from the Bible, folks. Why this is, has bothered me, and is because I feel like it's been so misinterpreted. As a young evangelical, especially growing up, it was. I can remember going to a Bible camp and. You know, everybody would get resaved. Or re it was a Baptist one, so you rededicated your life. You didn't get saved again. If it was Assemblies of God, you could get saved again. But, you know, Baptists have that once saved, always saved thing. Um, but do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that idea that I got from that was, is we go to church on Sunday morning, we go to church on Sunday night, we go to church on Wednesday, uh, we go to school, we do not associate with the wrong people, and the renewing of our mind is through memorizing verses. Now, I have dyslexia, so verse memory, memorizing verses. I was, if I was on your memory verse team at Christian camp, I'm really sorry that I cost you whatever we were going to win, um, our colored bracelets or something. <laughs> But it also, like, I kind of to see, like, even Revolution was part of it, is where we would create, like, oh, well, we'll do these shows, but we'll do Christian shows, and we'll do the, we'll be Christian punks, and we'll be Christian skateboarders, and the Christian hippies, and Christian this, and we'll separate ourselves from all these people. 
And so that was, to me, was like, just, just like, okay, so I'm not supposed to be around these people. And what was really weird is in my younger, you know, in my earlier 20s, when I really started reading the Bible for myself and I felt so condemned by legalism and so condemned by like the judgmentalism of the church. I'm like, I could never fit in. I could never, I kept trying to like, I was started revolution, tried to do it, tried to walk the line. And I kept going like, why? I still have these thoughts. I still have these things. I still, you know, I'd rather be over here hanging out with just people rather than just focusing in church and going and praying all day and, and, and separating myself from these folks. And uh, what does this renewing of my mind thing mean? You know, I, I literally just thought it meant that I just became better at the rules, better at being a part of my, my evangelical crew, my group that I was in. And, uh, you know, and so that I was not conformed, so I did not go to to rated R movies, which that never, you know, or listen to secular music, which I also always did, but, um, or smoke cigarettes, which I always did. Um, I quit drinking for like a year. Um, uh, but then I started drinking again and then I went to 12 step program and I haven't had a drink in like 27 years. But point is, is I just thought that this is what it was all about. It was about buying your own you know, we have our Christian alternative t-shirts and we go to the Christian bookstores and we do this stuff and we support Christian artists and we go to Christian festivals and we're not conformed to this world and we're never quite cool, but we're being condemned because we're fighting sin and we're fighting the gays and we're fighting the abortion and we're doing all these things. And that's what I thought this whole being not conformed to this world meant. And, um, boy, was, was, was I miss... I misunderstood this, but to me it meant almost like, like the product, the, the, the capitalist culture of Christianity is that we're not to be like this. And my parents were a big part of that. You know, they're like, come to Heritage USA and spend your vacation here and you'll be with all Christians of all different denominations and we can all hang out together, you know. And it was like this escapism or this avoiding things of avoiding living life on life's terms. And avoiding, and so this is also what I want to argue is, is like when, when, when we start to create this separation from humanity and from people, you have to remember we're not in Rome, we're not in an occupied territory in Rome right now, we're not, you know, it's not a new religion, so you got to remember context as well. But, but what this meant to me is that we've just created our own world, and when I say, when I quote Paul Tillich to say that, you know, God is the ground of being, is because it's not just some man in the sky saying, you guys are on my team and those people aren't on my team, so don't conform to being around those people. Once again, I'll go back to what I was saying earlier, is not conform to this world is saying, I'm not going to support war. I'm not going to, I'm going to turn the other cheek. You know, I'm going to not give up on people. I'm not going to cancel people. I'm not going to count people's failures constantly against them. I am not going to fight against people I disagree. I am going to try to have difficult conversations with them and communicate with them. And when people ask me stuff, I'm going to try to make sure I have the right answer. I'm going to study this to make sure that I'm not misinterpreting these things. And for me, if God is the ground of being, then that is everything. There should be no reason that we're hiding out. 
it's almost like, you know, even if it's a mega church, it's still high down. And then we'll go to church together on Sunday and we fellowship together and we do all this. And then we just live this life of this, in this bubble where we're not, we're not a product of the being. We're not in being. We're not celebrating life. We're not living life. In a way, we've created our own world to make us comfortable because somehow we've convinced ourselves that the devil has won the world. And oh, the devil must be in control of the world. And so we have to hide from this. And what I think when it's saying don't be conformed to this world is he's saying, you know, like, for example, the system is like for, for um, um, Gentiles, you know, they could only go into a certain part of the, the, the temple and only worship in a certain area. And then women could only go into a certain part. And I think what Paul's saying is like, this is, we don't, we're not conformed to that anymore. We're not going to conform to what the government says we should or should not do. I would say conforming to this world could be saying, like, you have to choose Republican or Democrat. You know, you have to choose one or the other. And you have no other choices. And you have to think this way. And you have to have a job. And you have to work your whole life. And you have to do it this way. And it has to be this way. Unless you're called by God, but then you have to do it this way. And this, and boom, 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 boom. And then we are just live life in the society when we wake up and we're dead and we've done nothing with our lives. So for me, when it's saying don't conform to this world, what I think it's saying is, is live life. Live a life of love. Live a life of grace. Live a life of forgiveness. You know? And you go, oh, Jay, well, that just sounds so wishy-washy, and it's just a license to do whatever you want. Well, you, you know, people do whatever they want without license. Um, you know, for me, I'll use my, my sobriety as, as, as an example. For me, I thought God hated me forever. And I thought God hated me because I couldn't quit drinking. And I was a sufferable alcoholic before I was even 21. I was drinking quite a bit. And uh, this isn't testimony hour. This is just how I use this. And I thought God hated me. And I remember talking to my friend D.E. Polk saying, I think God hates me. And um, what's, what's the deal here? And, uh, and he said, and I said this last week, he said, you know, you're making Christ's death in vain, Jay. You're trying to earn your salvation. You're accepted. You're loved. You have grace. And I thought, yeah, whatever helps you sleep at night. And I said, prove it. And he says, have you read Galatians? Have you read Corinthians? I was one of these people who was like, I've read the Gospels and I've read Proverbs. Because um, <laughs> it's like little fortune cookies. And the Gospels sure are redundant. You know, they seem like to be the same story over and over again. And uh, he said, read Galatians. Read these things. Read a little bit about what Paul says about grace. And I had this huge epiphany, you know, this huge change, almost like Luther, uh, the, 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 you know, the reformist, Martin Luther, um, where all of a sudden I realized grace was sufficient, efficient, insufficient. And I was loved and I was accepted. And it didn't matter if I was drunk all the time or if I was sober, but I was loved and accepted. Um, so what happened was, is now that that those rule was off me, now that that ban was off me, the, um, the that thing of just being like, I am loved, I am accepted, I have grace. Um, I got sober because I didn't want to be miserable anymore, because I didn't want to wreck my car, because I didn't want to kill somebody else. It didn't have anything to do with trying to please the man in the sky. What it had to do with is knowing that I was loved, and all of a sudden that addiction that I was just didn't just didn't hold on to me anymore because it wasn't you know it wasn't that that law the law that kind of kept 
driving me back in thinking like, oh, I have to do this or this. It was all of a sudden that freedom. And that's the wild thing about grace is that grace is really transformative. It's different for everybody, but freedom and grace transform people. Love draws people in. So why do I do certain things? It's because And don't do certain things. It's not because it's the rules in the Bible. It's because... I've learned to love people over time and care about people. And uh, I know when to put others before me, but I also know when there's time for me to go like, hey, I got to check out for a little bit. I need to go home. I need to rest. I need to take a few days. Um, otherwise, I'm not going to be very graceful and I'm not being very graceful to myself. Um, so when I think about these ideas of, of not being conformed to this world, I, I, I really would like to get out of my head, you know, the the shirt that looks like pepsi but said jesus you know choice of the last generation or god's gym or <laughs> what would jesus do bracelets or things like that you know um kind of this like laziness he's just like well, we'll just get bracelets and everything will be okay you know we'll just We'll put a coffee shop in the church so people don't have to go to a coffee shop. You know, just keep hiding because that's how we have to do it. You know, because those people could turn you bad. You know, it's like, really? Like, this is God. This is Jesus. This is the ground of being. This is the Apostle Paul. These guys were being killed and because they just would be like, oh, we're all just over here in our little group and we're going to create mega churches and things like that and skate parks and these things. And you'll have to sit for a sermon, but then you get to skate. You know, I mean, that kind of thing was just what what this like be not of the world thing I was being taught you know you know I, I remember having a pastor being like I even early on in ministry I would always go down and hang out in my community and he'd be like you know I just I don't know if that's a good place for you to be you know I just I really worry about you going down there and I'm like, oh, no, I'm like these are these are friends and this is what we do is we're, we we love people you know and to this day I feel like in Atlanta there were people who maybe stepped into revolution once or twice, maybe not at all, who were like family to me and who were a part of my life. And that's just living life. And that's going, yeah, I believe God's a ground of being. I believe God's in everything. And I love people, you know, and I, I love people to my best of my ability. But let's look what, what Paul says, because if you don't believe me, then let's just see what Paul says after this. Because that's the other thing is, like I was in that memory verse, that quick fix, you know, sermonette type of world for so long in my life that I haven't been in for years. Um, but I still see, and I still people see, see how people react coming from that world, you know? And what I want to do is help free people from that, free them from that, like, you know, these, these closed worlds. <laughs> and um, so Paul goes on to say, for by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself as more highly than you ought to think. So right there, when he's saying renewing of your mind, when he's saying, you know, do not be conformed to this world, is he saying, like, you might know it all, but don't act like you know it all. You know, you might be beautiful, you might be rich, but don't go around making other people feel like crap. You know, um, don't think that you're more important than, than someone else, but think with a sober judgment. You know, and I love that idea of that sober judgment because it reminds me of like, you know, hey, I can't do Galatians this week because it's not going to be as good of a talk and good of a series 
because I haven't spent the time in it that I need to spend. And I, and I want people to really understand it and really interact with it and, and really get something from it. I can't decide what you get from it, but I'm going to try to do the best I can. And so I had to use the sober judgment of like, hey, I'm going through a lot. This isn't where we need to be right now. Um, you know, or turn off the, 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 the Facebook or turn off Instagram or, you know, don't send that email. Don't send that text message, you know, just use your sober judgment. Or when you've made a mistake, go, hey, you know what? I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I mean, it sounds so simple, but this is not how a lot of people perceive Christianity. You know, um, you have a lot of Christians who act as though they are the chosen ones, that they are chosen by God, and they've created a reality that if you're not in it, you're out of it. And to me, that's dangerous, and that's not, that's not a world where I want to live, and that's not a world where God is God, a God of, of ground of being, where God is the ground of being. That is a world where God is the man in the sky, and the devil's in the sky or in the, or in the middle of the earth or wherever you want to say. And they're just kind of like playing this chess game, you know. And, uh, and, and the majority of people are all destined to just be tortured for eternity because, you know, they didn't make the right decisions when, you know, I sent somebody, a street preacher, to yell at them or um, someone who told them that if they don't change from their customs, they're going to burn in hell. You know, like, it's like fire insurance. Like, oh, it's good news. Jesus loves you. Oh, great. You need to accept them or you'll be tortured for eternal damnation and it'll be a private kind of torture, so it'll be really horrible. So don't you want Jesus to love you? Um, no world, though, though, you know, if you're renewing your mind and you're spending uh, years in the verse of the scriptures, you start to realize, like, oh, there's something wrong here and we need to talk about it. But most people don't want to talk about it because they're afraid because they look... They think that this is an answer book, that this is a law book, that this is a perfect book. But, you know, we have forgeries, the pastoral epistles, you know, written, pretending to be written by Paul, who was dead, written to Titus, and Tim, who also dead, you know, dead people writing to dead people, and then going against the message of that person when they were alive. We have to struggle with things like that. And people don't want to talk about that because they get afraid. I've even seen it when people who get accepted into church who haven't been accepted for a long time. You know, some of my LGBTQ friends who, who've come into the church and they're like, I got to, you know, that grace, too much, or that, you know, I just finally, I got in, you know, we're here and we're accepted, you know, I don't want to be a heretic, I don't want to be all wishy-washy. And I'm like, I get it, but that's, but I think that that is, is, is saying that, you know, you're not going to think too highly of yourself and you're using sober judgment, but you've still got to make a call. You can't hide. And I feel like that's what we've been doing as the church for many years as we've, been hiding and then yelling at people, telling them they're bad from our, from all of our little bases, all of our mega churches and all of our little, you know, and we do stuff, you know, out and great stuff like feeding the homeless and doing things like that, which I think is totally Christ-like. And I think that's what we should be doing, but we should be doing it for anybody in any way possible. And so I can't cover everything today. I'm just covering this verse and telling you why I think there's a problem with, you know, do not be conformed to this world that we've misread it. All right, let's go on and read them on. But think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as one body we have many members, and all the members have the same, but not all the members have the same function. So we are many, and we're one body in Christ, and individuals we are members. So there we go again, individuality is that we're members, we're created different, we're unique. I mean, that's one of the things I really liked about 
um, the emergent church movement was as there were people embracing things that I'd never seen people embrace before. Like they weren't, you know, uh, for me, like when I would go to church at that time, um, I never really liked worship music. And so I would sit down and just kind of keep to myself or sometimes come to church late. And I would have pastors and teachers come to me and be like, what's going on with you, man? What's going on? I'm like, I just, the music just doesn't, well, it's not about you, Jay. We're not worshiping you, Jay. We're worshiping the Lord. I'm like, okay, you know, and I get that, but it's just, it doesn't, it's not how I feel connected to God. I actually feel very distracted by it and start to feel judgmental. And, and it also brings up some old memories of how I was treated as a kid in church. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm navigating this. Let me navigate this thing. And a lot of times it was like, eh, you can't, you know, if you really want to be part of the group, you got to the group think. And I think we have to have room for individuals. I mean, look at all the different denominations. I had a conversation with someone last night and I'm like, you know, you know, if, 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 how, if what I believe theologically is what's going to get me into heaven, then grace is, is nullified. Christ is nullified, you know, then, you know, who's going to get in except for one certain group and how can we be, you know, so all these people are going to hell because they have, the, 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 they, they read the, the, the wrong theology. They get, the, you know, they read the wrong history books. They read, the, you know, the Greek, they misinterpreted the Greek. And so they're going to be held to that account, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Um, we are members one of another. We have a gift that differ according to the grace given to us. So we have different gifts. Like me, I speak. I talk about loving my enemies. I talk about having difficult conversations. But that's not for everybody. I know there's a lot of you who have like been very hurt, being torn apart by the church, and that's not where your gift is. Right now your gift is just like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to help support a little bit. Or I'm going to share a talk. Or I'm just going to think. And I'm just going to be. And I'm just going to accept myself for the first time in my life. And, and just be lucky that there is one person who's talking about the Bible that I let into my life, you know? And that's great. We all have different parts, different callings, different things. Um, you know, I look at Shane Claiborne and I think, oh, he does such cool stuff, you know? Like, he does all this great stuff. And, and what I have to do is not compare myself to Shane Claiborne or to someone like Rob Bell or to someone like, you know, Peter Rollins, you know, all these different people who I really love and care about. And I'm so glad that I'm in a dear part of my life. But when I start to compare myself, I start to go, oh, I'm not that. Oh, I'm not that. But what I have to realize is I'm doing what I, what I feel my purpose is. I, like my mom wrote a book said, I got to be me. And so I'm being true to me, you know. So when it says I'm not being, when I think of this not being conformed to this world, what I think is like me sitting here having this conversation with you and that you guys are listening, like we're, you know, this is kind of a strange thing as well. But I also think about loving our enemies, doing good to those people. But I also think of people like Shane Claiborne, who's, you know, turning weapons into plows. And, you know, it's like, I love that. I'm not doing it. I don't have the ability of whatever they need to do that. I don't feel like I have that call to do that. I like my call is to kind of help set people free from legalism and, and, and traditional Christianity and kind of understand what the Bible is saying and what the text is about and what Christianity can be. Um, so, but it's easy to be like, I want to be that, I want to be the hand, or I want to be the mouth, or I want to be the fist, or I want to be the toes, or whatever. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm, I know I'm babbling a little bit here, but I really want to get this point across. Is, is this, this is what Paul is saying when he's saying, do not be conformed to this world. He's saying, be who you're called to be. 
Let um, some are oh, uh, good prop, some have prophecy, uh, ministry and uh, administering the teachers and teaching the exhorters are exhorting the givers and generous are, are good in generosity the leaders and diligence uh, compassionate and cheerful are in cheerfulness he's like saying like you know these are all these different gifts that we have and it'd be, it's wild man like i've got people in my life who don't want anything to do with church but man when i'm hurting they'll reach out to me and i'm like oh wow that's where you're that's your gift like you might not know it but your gift is just loving somebody and showing up when the shit hits the fan and thank god for you like i, I just you know and and letting them know that like you saved my life just because you gave a damn you know, because you listened, because you were concerned, uh, because you didn't, you know, condemn me when I was angry. You just listened and, and allowed me to grow, you know, or made suggestions at the right time. Um, so 9, jump down to Romans uh, 12, 9, says, Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil and hold fast to what is good. You know, and, and the idea of what we've been told is evil is insane to me. You know, we, we oh, these people are evil because they, they think this way, and these people are evil because they love each other, and these people, you know, and then we go on and go like, well, I've got to, you know, I support this president, and they kill people with bombs, and sometimes, you know, like, th that to me uh, seems like we're getting into some evil territory. Uh, you know, people starving and being drug addicts on the street uh, because someone wanted to make a better profit with the medication they sold um, is evil to me. You know, fentanyl is evil to me and what it does to lives. Those are things that I find to be very evil. Um, so those are things I hate, you know, I hate that. Um, I hate to see discord. I hate to see, I don't like cancel culture. I don't like it that, that, we, that we take away hope from people and that we take away uh, any hope of restoration or grace, you know, those are things that I don't that that really cause me to 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 feel that sometimes. Um, seeing people treated horribly by by the church is something that just bothers me, but I don't want those people who are doing the the condemning to become my enemies either. Because even if they are my enemies, I'm called to love them. That's also the being, you know. Uh, not conforming to this world is loving your enemies and saying like, okay, they're victims of misinformation, so how do I best love them to help them grow and to change uh, without being, you know, a horrible ass, a judgmental jackass, you know, that tears people apart. You know, and you can see it. You see it in preaching. You see it in teaching. You see it in the church. And you can see the people who have this anger and this bitterness and this hate that's like falling from them, that they've confused uh, missing the mark or if you want to call it sin or they've confused lack or, or different things like that with the people. And so they go after the people and they hurt the people. And then we see uh, kids killing themselves and, and you know, uh, taking their lives or parents kicking their children out of their home. You know, you see this non-loving way and that becomes the fruit. And, and that's why, you know, the fruits of the spirit are, are an important thing is like the fruit of, of, if your fruit of your church is that you have torn up families and that you have a wife, you know, husbands beating their wives and forcing them to have sex and doing all these things, that's evil. That is wrong. That you have missed the mark on that. You've, you have created some sort of new law 
and some sort of obscure uh, religion and you've confused Middle Eastern culture, 2000 year old Middle Eastern culture with uh, the, the religion that came into that culture. So you have to think about that as well. Um, Uh, thank you, Christopher. Yeah, that is good work today. We need more love. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole basis of the thing is we need more love, but it's like, are we really going to do it, you know? And there's a lot of Christians who, who practice love, and a lot of people who practice love think they're loving people, but it's a counterfeit love. It's, it pretends to be love. It's like another gospel. It's another type of love. Well, I'm only saying these horrible things that are making you feel like you don't, you know, that you're worthless because I love you. You know, it's like, you know, control your tongue. Renew your mind. You know, I don't see a lot of these folks renewing their mind thinking about how do what I say and how do my actions and how what do I do affect them, you know. And people don't leave the church because they're like seeing people love their enemies and, and love those who persecute them. And, uh, oh, that place is just too forgiving. You know, they leave because they feel condemned. They feel judged. They feel hated. They feel hurt. They feel ostracized because... You know, someone is, has, has allowed, uh, you know, 2,000-year-old Middle Eastern culture mix in with their faith and they can't tell those two apart because they didn't feel like they needed to be educated and look deeper within the Bible, even though they're like, I've memorized every verse. Well, now tell me what they mean and tell me to whom they were written to and why they were written. I mean, these are very important things. My last Bible, I had suspect device on <laughs> spray painted on the front. And, you know, that was... Anytime a piece of, of in, in Northern Ireland, when they were going through the troubles and there were bombs um, and things and packages came through that were suspect of being bombed, they were right suspect device. Like this could be very dangerous. And for me to renew my mind, room, to, to, to be renewing my mind and not conform to this world and be transformed, you know, I, and using sober judgment, I have like came from a literalist background. Um, which is really wild, but I, I've had to take this book and go, okay, there's things in here that are weapons. You know, there are things in here that don't belong to the church. These are things in here that are, are not, that are, have been not just misinterpreted, but added. And we've accepted and we use them as, as, as hammers to, to destroy people's lives. And then you say that and everybody goes, oh, well, now you're a heretic and you're a fringe and nobody wants to be a part of the fringe. We want to be with the in-group, not the fringe. But the problem is, is you've got to be the voice calling out in the wilderness if we want to see things change. You can sit all day and you can have a podcast and you can talk about how shitty Christians are and how crappy it was growing up in an evangelical church or a Baptist church or a Catholic church. But until you make the decide of I'm not going to judge these folks anymore, I'm going to try to love these folks, I'm going to try to forgive these folks, and I'm going to try to help bring in, you're not really producing anything, you're just complaining. And that's fine. I get it. We need to complain. We need to have that time. We, you know, when we were doing uh, nonviolent uh, action with uh, Soul Force, you know, we would go and meet with all these people about LGBTQ folks in the church. And it would be very, very hard to deal with. And, and we'd have to be patient and we'd have to use sober judgment and we'd have to make sure we weren't being judgmental. But then we would go back and do this thing called debriefing where we would talk about it. And we some, sometimes we would just blow off steam and make jokes and things like that. And nothing that we were like, oh, those people are evil. But we needed to have those moments of just being haphazardly human. And if God is the ground of being, then being haphazardly human is part of that being. It's a part of being. Love one another with mutual affection 
outdo one another. Listen to this. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. And be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to the strangers. You know, this is what is the renewing of your mind. This is what is not being conformed to this world. Is like this is what you're called to. You know, I I've moved to a, a little bit of a nicer area in Seattle so I could be next to my kids' school, and it's nearly killing me financially. But it's worth being able to be with my kids and have them be next to their mom's house and this stuff. It's it's great. You know. But I see what happens when homeless people come into the area or when there's an encampment and then all of a sudden right before Christmas They wipe everybody out, you know, and and they do this thing and it's it's uh, Not a lot of working with the strangers or trying to help the strangers. It's just getting rid of the strangers So this isn't just a church thing, you know, there's a lot of in, in Seattle and in, in, in Washington I've realized this is you know, there's a lot of performative liberalism, you know and um and with the outbreak of, of uh, fentanyl in, in, in Seattle, it's really <laughs> pushed how well you will perform as your liberal. Oh, do you want the homeless shelter next to your house? No, well, how liberal are you? <laughs> um, so it's funny to watch. So it's not just like, I'm not here just to condemn Christians, but what I'm here to do is reclaim this verse right here that says renewing of our minds and not being conformed to this world is what it means. What does it mean? You know? And, I mean, what does taking up your cross mean? You know, I was told it was just giving up anything that was fun, anything that was good, anything that was uh, remotely, you know, anything that was traditionally seen by Christianity as bad, you avoided. And all I found is through my own studies is being more, more and more inclusion. You know, I mean, it's wild to me that the Apostle Paul, in his actual writings, has never mentions the word hell once, uh, even though his writings are closer to Christ, and that would have been a concept that he was very familiar with, um, and the idea of eternal, uh, eternal damnation. So that's also something to think about. So sometimes you have to let Paul be Paul. What else has Paul gone to say? This is why I believe we've got to reclaim Paul, because I believe even when the when progressive Christians say, "Well, I don't like Paul because of these things," like. Well, that's also probably why you believe council culture is cool and, and you believe that you can talk shit about the right and a scapegoat these people because Paul comes and says, there's only one scapegoat and that was Jesus. And so now we have to learn to live in community with all these people. I mean, that's the whole book of Galatians is about that. And then these other books like Romans and Corinthians and things like that are literally just bigger versions of Galatians. Paul just was able to say a little bit more and add a little bit more. And I'm really been, my mind has been blown by that as I've been studying, also doing some, some work on studying Romans and the history behind Rome, the book of Romans and, and, and the scholarship and things. It just blows my mind. Go, oh, well, this is, Paul forgot to say this in Galatians, but he says over here in Romans and this is over here in Corinthians. And you go, oh, okay, you know. So yes, I'm a Paulinian Christian. Um, you know, I'm a Christian, but I, the Paulinian line, and he, Paul would be like, don't say that. We don't follow men. I'm not saying I follow men. I just, the Paulinian thing is important to me, and I think it needs to be something that's in the church. And sadly enough, as you often hear people who say that are usually very judgmental or they're like Mark Driscoll type people who are like, we got to get Paul. You can't just read the red letters and blah, blah, blah. Like, 
I'm, I'm not that I'm go, I'm doing exactly the opposite of that and so you got to read Paul because there's a lot of grace there you know you kind of see what you know the gospels are great because you got to see the life of Christ and then Paul's great because he's teaching us what we what do we get from that life what do we live from that example what do we live from that sacrifice what 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 do we look like when we follow that what do our fruits look like when we choose this path you know um to be patient in suffering persevere in prayer contribute to the needs of the saints revolutionchurch.com um extend hospitality to the stranger Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Do you hear that? Like, that's, again, do not be conformed to this world. And you see the church and you think, I know more about what the church is against and who they think are bad and evil than I do good. And now we're all confused because they're all embraced, you know, they're all into Trump. And it's, that's a really weird one to, to follow because they were always so weird about, like, any presidential candidate that had bad times in the 90s like anybody who did anything they were like oh my god we're gonna hurt and now it's just like i guess we're all desperate um bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse them rejoice with those who rejoice listen to this weep with those who weep you know there's this thing that says the good news is or the bad news is is no one cares and the good news is no one cares and the biblical text and paul is saying Guess what? I want you to give a damn. I want you to rejoice with joy. I want you to weep with weep. I want you to care. I don't want that to be the, the world. There's plenty of people who don't care because life is too freaking hard and because capitalism is way out of control and there's like three millionaires that control the world and all this shit. And we go, we're all exhausted. And Paul is saying, if you want to follow this religion, let's call it a religion because people are like, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious, you know. But I'm not getting a whole lot out of the spirituality either, folks, because this is where the rubber hits the road for me. Not how much you pray, not how much, oh, I worship, oh, I speak in tongues, oh, I do this stuff. That doesn't get me excited. You know? Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another and do not be... And do not be highly or hauntily. Sorry, I've got a red highlighter that sometimes is, doesn't highlight it, just marks out. But associate with the lowly. Oh, Jesus, why do you eat with these people? Why do you eat with these tax collectors? Why do you associate with the lowly? My whole life in early teenage years in Christianity, it was like, do not hang out with the wrong crowd. You know? And it says... but associate with the lowly. And so people would say, why does Jesus, Jesus is a friend of sinners, Jesus was known as a drunkard. I mean, that was a reputation. Jesus had a reputation of being a friend of sinners and a drunkard. That was, that's in, that's in the Bible. And, um, and when it says, you know, associate with the lowly, it doesn't mean go scream at them at a corner and, and use words that most Americans don't understand. Or have been beaten with, like the word repentance just means change of mind or turning, but people don't, when they hear that, they think, oh, I've got to beg God to not torture me for eternity. Not everybody thinks that way, but a lot of people do. You know, I listen to some of these podcasts of people who are like, ex Christian podcasts, former Christian, angry Christian, angry ex Christian, you know. 
and I hear this stuff. And my thing is, is that no one was wanting to spend, you know, why they're so angry is not because this stuff was being lived and being taught. It's because this wasn't there. It was just this, do not be conformed to this world. Go get your Christian t-shirts. Go to Bible camp. Go to church three, four times a week. You know, don't be gay. Don't have sex before marriage. Do, 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 do. Follow these rules and these regulations and you'll be good. Don't associate with those people. Don't vote that way. Don't think that way. And you've got it down. That's not Christianity. That's just another law. That's just another, that's another religion. It's another type of Christianity. It's a, it's a cult that is the majority of Christianity in the world right now. So I hate saying that. I feel like a crazy person saying, I'm crazy. The end is near. But you know, my dad's the one who says the end is near. I'm the one who's saying we've got to be genuine. We've got to genuinely care about people. We've got to spend time with you. We've got to build relationships. We've got to disagree and learn to disagree well. Listen to this. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do you know how many times, how many pastors I know, and you will see this mostly with pastors, and this is the really funny. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. We'll get honorary doctorates. And I will tell you what, there is nothing to, 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 have, to brush the ego of a, a minister as being called doctor. Dr. J.C. Baker, tell us what you think about Well, I'll tell you right now. Thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you. you know. And it's an honorary doctorate. Or it's a doctor from like some weird like evangelical school. Oh, just call me doctor. Now I have a best friend who is a philosopher. Like is literally a, where the doctor's term comes from. He is a doctor. <laughs> if you look at his license, I remember one time we went into place and he had to show the license and the guy goes, oh, hello doctor. And he's like, oh, hello, you know. But he doesn't go goodbye doctor. He doesn't put doctor on his books. He doesn't do this because, you know, and he could. He could do it, you know, like. But we like to play these manipulative games with each other where they say, like, well, if you think I'm higher than I really am, if you think I'm a doctor and I have all this stuff, then you will think of me as this. Rather than being like, people go like, oh, Pastor Jay. I'm like, just call me Jay. I remember one time I, w I went to this, this event and people were going, uh, it was a red carpet thing in New York. And that's the crazy thing about New York. You end up going to really crazy places. And I'm like, they're like, got to go down the red carpet. And I'm like, I don't want to go down the red carpet. And they're like, they told them you were coming. You've got to go down the red carpet. And I'm like, well, I'm, Moby's here. I'm nobody. And they kept going, Pastor Baker, Pastor Baker. Like you could just tell them that they just said Pastor Baker. And I'm like, I kept looking around like, is my father? Where's dad? You know? Um, but do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. <laughs> so this is the renewing of your mind. You know, my dad on the talk, I talked with my dad yesterday, you know, and he's sick and he's in bed and he goes, maybe I taught you too much grace. Maybe I just put too much grace on you. And I said, well, dad, you, you know, cause my father was never one to get revenge. Like I was always like, dad, you know, let's get these guys, let's get these bastards, you know, let's prove who you, you know, let's prove you're right. Let's prove you're innocent. Let's do this. Let's show the world who you are, you know? And he goes, no, that's not what I'm, I'm going to do. And, uh, you know, and it was funny cause he's like, it was too much. And he's like, you know, and I'm like, dad, I said, and he's like, are you, you sure you're going to go to heaven someday? And he believes that. But yeah, and I'm like, Dad, I'm like, if I get there and, and it's there, and then they say, oh, sorry, Jay, you're not on the list. Um, <laughs> I'd say, oh, I guess I just took all that stuff that Jesus said about loving others and my enemies too much. And then the fact that my parents always taught me to love people who were mean to me, I took that too, uh, you know, I took that too literal. So, okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs> um, 
So do not play, repay anyone evil for evil. And that is another thing when it's saying do not be condemned for this world because we don't see it as evil as giving someone what they deserve. But in this thing, it's saying like we all kind of deserve shit, but we don't do that. That's not how we do things. That's not the way Christians do it. You know, I, I remember I was on this thing called Bad Christians and it was a Calvinist thing. And I'm like, well, if you're Calvinist, you're, you're in the hands of the angry God. So you're obviously bad. So I'm like, why are you guys saying to yourself bad Christians? You're just meaning that you're good Calvinists, you know. Um, <laughs> um, you know, and so there's this concept that we get in that we're, but what Jesus says is we don't, we don't treat other people bad. We don't repay evil for evil. We don't, you know, I mean, we, you know, we saw three people get killed and just recently and, and America bombed the hell out of a place. You know, we see what's going on um, with Israel right now, you know, and, and, and their reaction to the attack, uh, you know, and the horrificness that's happening there now. You know, that there's a genocide happening, you know, and we see all this horrificness happening. And, and, and we are called to look at that and go, well, that's not how we were supposed to do it. Now, this is how our government does it, but this is also why we... You know, we sit and we act like, you know, we don't act, none, most of us don't act like God's in control. We act like politics are in control and that the government's in control. And they almost become more sacred to us than this at all. And here was something that says, do not repay evil for evil. And I don't know how many times I've been told I was naive because I said, well, I just, you know, I, I'm nonviolent. I don't support the, this and that. Well, what would you do if blah, 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 you would not kill Hitler? You know, all this stuff. And to me, it's going like, all right, well, yeah, maybe I seem like an idiot because I chose a religion that was nonviolent. And for the first 400 years was really nonviolent uh, to the point where they would not serve in the military and sometimes Christians would be taxed more because of their lack of service. Um, do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not replay anyone evil for evil, but take though the what is noble in the sight of all it is possible so far as to depend on you. Live peaceable with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself. Leave room for the God to do that, it says. So you have to just trust that those people are in God's hands. I will repay, saith the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. And I love this because we're about to get a very Paulinian way of, the, of thinking. And then we're done. We're going to be done here in just a second. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. And then he has, for doing this, will heap burning coals on their heads. <laughs> and that's very Paul. Paul get like, and I wish those people would castrate, want, to, want, 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 you know, want you to get circumcised. I wish they castrate themselves. And then he goes back into grace. You see this, you see the humanity of Paul. And that's another reason I think I like Paul because he's also somewhat of a haphazardly human person in all of this. Um, but then it ends with, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And you go, well, Jay, what is that? Um, that's, that's everything we've just talked about, not getting revenge, uh, not demanding your own way, helping other people out, uh, supporting other people, uh, supporting the saints, um, uh, da, 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 persevering through suffering, crying with those who cry, weep with those who wipe, not to mind your way, not acting like you're smarter than you are, not going around being like, I have an honorary doctor, so call me doctor from now on because it makes me feel better than you. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, 
I'm not saying those things are evil, but I'm just saying don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And when I see what the Bible says is good is this idea of what you see in Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful. It endures through every circumstance. It says it never demands its own way. It keeps no record of when it's been wronged. It's glad about uh, when, when the truth wins out. You know, these are the things I think about. And these are the changes that I think we need to make. And I don't think having online community is a bad thing because I don't think we should be spending all of our time in a building and trying to rent a building and do all these things and pay the thing and do this so we can all that and get, oh, well, now we have to get a really good rocking band because we've got to fill, fill the building and pay the bills and do this and do this. To each their own. I'm not saying that we have to get rid of those, but I'm just saying I think that the church should be every day of our lives. I think our faith is, is if God is a ground of being, then we walk within Christ every day. That is our path. That's what we do. And we're not going to, oh, God bless you. We're just human. Just be human. Just love each other. And when that opportunity to kill, still, or destroy, or forgive, and love, and show grace op shows itself, choose wisely. Choose love. Choose grace. And... Uh, I can't promise you that that's going to make you a happy life, but it also says, you know, be patient when you suffer because you're probably going to suffer a little bit if you love people like that and you don't conform to a world that says, you know, get even and get justice, you know. So there you go. That's today's talk. Those are the, 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 two, 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 the two scriptures I felt like were just uh, completely uh, misused as for me growing up and, 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 and capitalism, I felt like took took you know the renewing of your mind and, and being con, you know anti-conformist. But for me, being an anti-conformist is just trying to speak the truth to a broken world, and trying to get people not to scapegoat each other, and uh, you know being able to say like, hey, some of the base people in my life who've helped me in times of need have been conservatives. And some people who've heard me have been liberals, but also some people who've been liberals love me. You know, it's just not scapegoating a group of people because that's just not, you can't do that, you know? Because then the next thing is like, well, all these people of this color, all these, you know, you start scapegoating again. And uh, we just decide what levels we're allowed to scapegoat on, you know? And, and we just, the smaller the group, the easier it is to scapegoat them. Or the, or the smaller or the larger, you know? Like, everybody who votes this way is this, and everybody does that. And that's just, you know, we got to have room for nuance in this world if we want to grow and have true wisdom and understanding. And that's why I say we got to learn to disagree well. We've got to learn to communicate well. And, uh, and if we disagree, then we've got to learn to disagree well. So uh, that's it today. Listen, folks, um, I appreciate you all uh, staying a part of this community. Um, I don't know if I'll be here next Sunday or not. I don't know what's going on with my dad's health. So please keep my dad uh, in your prayers and thoughts. And also, uh, another thing I would like to ask you all is uh, if you like what we're doing, please share this on you know, your Facebook, on your Instagram, on YouTube. Don't forget to like the talk. Like it and subscribe. Please like and subscribe. It really helps us a lot. Um, and if you're financially in a place where you're able to support the work we do, that would be great. We're trying to raise money this year to get our whole budget, but right now we're just kind of just doing the head above water thing, still recording on the phone because circumstances. We'd love to do more. We'd love to have more more talks like this. Me and me, me and Josh have been talking about maybe doing a, um, a co-hosting thing where we kind of do an interview show or something like that as well, and you know continue to do and create more content for you folks who uh, are interested. 
and uh, you can help support Revolution by going to revolutionchurch.com and you can there's a PayPal and there's a Venmo and you can help support us through that you can do monthly if you want um, but we really could use your support because uh, right now we're barely making it and I hate asking for money but I have to ask because if you don't ask no one knows there's a need so there's a need so thank you everyone have a great week and um, hopefully I will see you Sunday. Keep an eye on Instagram. I'll, I'll try to keep some of you updated on what's happening with my family. Thank you for your love, prayers, and kind words. You know, that's another thing that's really scary for me is, you know, um, if my dad, when my dad does pass, and hopefully it's not soon, hopefully it's much later, but, you know, I know what people say and how people think. And that's going to be a tough place to see, and a tough place to be, is hearing, um, hearing the bad things, you know, and hearing the people, the, the people's opinions on, on losing someone that maybe, you know, we have a really weird relationship, you know, but it's still hard. It's still your father and it's still like your, your, your dad, you know, he's still my grand, the granddad to my kids and my dad. And that's a, it's a crazy place to be in. And it, that will, that's a, another area that'll show you grace towards people that you never thought you'd be able to show grace towards as, as living in, in that type of world. All right, have a great week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.